Hi, I'm Jago Wynn, and welcome to the HTC Daily Podcast. We as a church are meeting daily on Zoom to speak to God in prayer and to hear from God in the Bible. For those of you who can't join us live or who want to listen again, we're featuring the Daily Bible Thought, and we're also including how we're being encouraged to pray each day. Today, it's Jamie Mulvaney. In this series, we've been looking at righteous living, and yesterday, Jacob gave such a helpful talk on actions and the heart. And today, following on from that, uh, we're thinking about sex and adultery in Proverbs chapters 5 to 7. On Friday, I had the joy of officiating at a wedding. And it's always a moment I have to sort of pinch myself. I, I, it's one of the greatest joys of, of being ordained. Uh, it's hard to, to not get emotional as you see the couple and uh, you realise what God is, is doing in this moment. But one of the bits that surprisingly has always almost sort of trips me up is actually this bit of the preface where I say marriage is a way of life made holy by God. It is a sign of unity and loyalty, which all should uphold and honour. It enriches society and strengthens community. And I think uh, the reason I always find this so moving is, is for three reasons. Firstly, is that marriage is created by God. It's a holy thing. It's a set apart thing. It's a good thing. So therefore, uh, secondly, all should uphold and honour it. Uh, I'm not going to get into a discussion this morning about whether the church overemphasises marriage. I'm aware that I'm speaking uh, to you as a married man, uh, but also as someone who knows what it is to, to want to be married, but not married. And we know that single people and married people are alike valued by God. Uh, but it's true to say that regarding the institution of marriage, it's actually all our responsibility to uphold and to honour it. After all, in weddings themselves, we, we all make that vow about how we will do that for specific couples, don't we? And then thirdly, I think the third reason I find these words so moving is that marriage is so under attack. Far from being upheld and honoured, a marriage is under attack. Uh, when you think of specific individual marriages that are under attack, uh, but also in community and society in so many uh, subtle and obvious and pervasive ways, which are a whole range of, of separate discussions. And chapters five to seven in Proverbs include much about adultery and much about sex. And I'm aware the language here might place men and women into, into different stereotypes. It might sound uh, directed to, to those who are married. But these passages apply to us all, whether we are married or not. All of us are at risk of playing these different roles. It's really about all about a, a sexual ethic for all of us, not what is drip fed to us through box sets or, or ever changing moral boundaries, but what God says, what God has created and designed and therefore how he wants us to flourish. And what we see here in Proverbs, it matches up with other ways that marriage is described in, in other parts of the preface of the wedding service too. And I, I, I want to pick out two dangers in the way that we think about sex now and the way that people thought about sex back then in these chapters too. Firstly, the first uh, danger I, w I want to pick out is sex as commodity. In Proverbs chapter 5 verse 18, uh, the writer of Proverbs says, May your fountain be blessed and may you rejoice in the wife of your youth. A loving doe, a graceful deer, may her breasts satisfy you always. May you ever be intoxicated with her love. Why, my son, be intoxicated with another man's wife? Why embrace the bosom of a wayward woman? 
Now, I hope you're not uh, choking on your cornflakes. Uh, if you'd rather me not say such things, well, I'm sorry, but they are in the Bible. And uh, the, the British Old Testament scholar Derek Kidner, he describes sex outside marriage as to exchange true intimacy for its parody. So it's like a, a cartoonish imitation. If, if one of you in, in sex is committed to the other person, but the other person isn't really committed to you, we, without the safety and the freedom of marriage, you, you, you will lose yourself, just lose yourself, all, all that God has planned you to be. This is consuming each other rather than connecting and being committed to each other. Here we see sex is reduced to a commodity rather than something that is holy. Tim Keller says this. He says, when people have sex outside marriage, maintaining their independence and right to walk away at any time, it turns sex into just a dispensed commodity with both persons remaining detached and in control. But on the flip side in these verses, we see not only a warning, but a blessing. We see a blessing. We see here the ability to become intoxicated, not intoxicated selfishly, but to be intoxicated with the other. Not to, to lose yourself, but to lose yourself in the other person. Because in marriage, you, you can't just walk away when things get difficult. Marriage, it brings growth and, and that support and joy that comes from the covenant of bearing with each other through thick and thin. Tim Keller goes on to say that instead, sex should only take place between a husband and a wife who have already shared everything in union, legal, financial, social, personal. Sex then becomes sign of the union and the way to deepen it. We see here that this becomes a richer and richer thing. And th these verses that we're looking at in Proverbs, they show us that sex is to be enjoyed. Marriage is to be enjoyed. God, he wants you to know pleasure way beyond your wildest dreams. So that's the first warning image of, of, of sex as a commodity. But the second image is, is a fire in the lap. We see in Proverbs chapter 6, verse 27, the writer says, Can a man scoop fire into his lap without his clothes being burnt? Can a man walk on hot coals without his feet being scorched? So is he who sleeps with another man's wife. No one who touches her will go unpunished. When it comes to, to sex, we're not playing games. We're playing with fire. And Jesus, he doesn't want us to get hurt. I think to get hurt is, is putting it mildly. Fire, what does fire do? It scorches and it scars us. So, so sex outside of marriage here, we see it's not just losing yourself. But it's also getting burnt. It's getting very, very badly burnt. So don't play with fire. Jesus, he, he hates the, the damage done to people by adultery. He hates the damage done to people by sex outside of marriage. And, and what we see here is this, this all comes back to what I was saying about the, the created order. Dietrich Bonhoeffer wrote that, that none learns the secret of freedom, save only by way of control. If you uh, think of when you limit yourself through, through diet and exercise, you actually get freedom. By limiting yourself, you get freedom. You get the freedom of health. And we see this with God's design for sex too, that the honouring God's design leads to liberation. It leads to freedom. And this is, this is biblical wisdom. Thomas Cranmer, he wrote in the Book of Common Prayer, in, in morning prayer, we're doing a form of morning prayer right now, and in his uh, second collect for peace, he wrote this, 
O God, who art the author of peace and lover of concord, in knowledge of whom standeth our eternal life, whose service is perfect freedom. And this is how we know peace. This is how we know freedom. It's recognizing that our bodies, they are temples of the Holy Spirit. And with the help of the fire of the Holy Spirit, offering ourselves as living sacrifices to him in service to him. And yes, that means our bodies, our bodies, which are so precious and created in his image. And I'm aware that that for some of us, those sacrifices will be very, very great indeed. And I wonder what what might someone fully living like that look like? Well, no one in history stands up to a man who was never married. He was single, but he upheld marriage in his words and actions. He never committed adultery, not even in his heart. He never took advantage of anyone. He never treated anyone as a commodity. He never used someone for his own gain. Instead, Paul tells us in Philippians that Jesus, he humbled himself. He humbled himself by becoming a man. He limited himself so that you and I might know perfect freedom. And he gave himself wholly to us. He lost himself in love for us so that we might know perfect fulfillment in him. In a way that even the best sex, even the best marriage never can. And so as we turn now to to pray, I'd love us to pray in the following ways. I'd love us to, to confess and to repent. All of us have experienced sexual brokenness. Jesus, he takes the words of Proverbs I've just been speaking about, and he ups the temperature, doesn't he? he? He raises the bar. He says that by lusting, you're committing adultery in your heart. I want us to, to pray that we would know forgiveness. Jesus, he tells the, the woman caught in the act of adultery, I don't condemn you. I don't condemn you. He also tells her, go and sin no more. And Jesus, he takes the condemnation for himself. He empowers us to live a new life. So that forgiveness is forgiveness from the penalty of sin, but also from the power of sin. I want to pray too for healing from the impact of adultery or or sex outside of marriage. I want us to pray too this morning for those who are not married. And I also want us to pray in line with this, this prayer by Tim Keller. When the church was new, its sex ethic was considered crazy, narrow and offensive. 2,000 years later, we are in the same place. So God, help me to be as faithful and confident in what your word says about sex as that great cloud of witnesses. Help me to understand, defend and practice it.